It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Go, 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 That's right, it is Go Birds Radio here at the beautiful Parks Casino in Ben Salem. We got all the games on, got all these comfortable chairs, a beautiful bar, which I'm sure a lot of Phillies fans feel they need after uh, another, let's just be honest, disgusting loss last night. And we certainly are here if you want to talk about the Phillies, 215-592-9494. But in case you haven't noticed yet, I am not James Seltzer. I am Elliot Shore Parks in the driver's seat today. We're going to miss James, but as always, a benefit of no James, we have the one, the only, Ruben Frank here. What's going on, Rube? How you doing? Great to be here at beautiful Parks Casino on Street Road in Ben Salem. Always a good time to come out. We already had a few people stop by. Yeah, they're all fans of yours. You know, <laughs> well, we, I don't know if we would say fans. fan club you know, they, they know me. People, don't, people aren't normally fans. They mostly just know me, but that's okay. Uh, so it's good. How you doing? You excited we got to go back to uh, – we were back down at practice this week. Um, the Eagles are in the second phase of their OTA – or final phase, I should say, of their OTAs. As a result, they are doing seven-on-sevens. Uh, they're doing teamwork. Me and you were both down there this week. First – I mean, I love being down at practice. It was fun to be out there and see them. Uh, how'd you, how'd it feel to be back? It really feels like it was, you know, football is back after that long post-Super Bowl stretch. Yeah, which wasn't really that long. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it seems I guess like we right. just flew yeah. back from Arizona. But, uh, yeah, they don't practice a whole lot. Uh, they have six practices. Uh, two of them are open. We'll yep. be back down there this coming week one day, I guess Thursday. Uh, they were out there for, what, 50 minutes or so? Well, yeah, I think 55, something like that. They didn't, they didn't do any 11s, period. which they're allowed to do, but they didn't do. Uh, but, yeah, it was great. to. It, it was the first chance we got to see the new guys. How, how do they look? You know, how do they move? How do mm-hmm. they, uh, you know, they weren't wearing pads. But uh, I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me was Nolan Smith, a guy you keep hearing he's so small, he's so small. That Anybody who says he's so small hasn't seen him. Yep. Uh, that was the thing that jumped out at me was he looked uh, legit uh, like a like an edge rusher. He did not look small to me. Uh, I certainly would not want to block him. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of SEC offensive linemen uh, agree with that from his time at Georgia. Yeah, so those are the things you're looking for. You know, the, look, it was nice to see Christian Ellis get an interception. He's a guy that I think we're both kind of pretty high on. Yeah, great it. special teams player last year. Yeah, good, a good one, and I think there might be a role for him on defense, but that's what you look for in these kind of practices. They're not doing team stuff. They don't have pads on. You want to see how athletic guys are, how they move, how they run around, uh, how quickly they kind of show they understand what they're doing, who's in the yeah. right place, who's in the wrong place. We saw one of the young receivers get admonished uh, <laughs> for uh, by Nick. Yeah, I thought that Nick. was real quick. Uh, I thought that the moment you're talking about, and for those that obviously are not at practice, uh, I believe the receiver's name was something Nada. It's he, Nagata, yeah. Nagata, yeah. yeah. And he, run, he runs a, a Lodi, yeah. 
Uh, he runs the wrong route. You know, this is towards the end of practice. Um, he's running with the third string. Nick Sirianni jumps all over him. It looks like he went right when he should have gone left or something like well, that. Well, what he did was he, 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 he turned inside where there were like five defenders, and Nick, Nick was saying, you're going to get killed in there. Yeah. You gotta, you know, you gotta take that outside where you're not gonna have five defense. And he was, he was surrounded. Look, obviously they're not hitting, but that's Nick being a teacher, being a coach, yeah. And, and it's a I, good coaching point. I thought it was a great moment from Nick too. One thing that really stands out to me when we get to watch some practices, I think head coaches are special for different reasons. Like, you know, some are schemes, some run a great locker room, and I think Nick is good at both of those things for sure. I think what make what makes Nick a great coach is he genuinely loves to teach football. I think he really enjoys teaching the fundamentals he enjoys being out at practice explaining to players how to do things and if he can do that to a you know i don't know the eighth receiver on the uh on the depth chart we know that he's definitely coaching the top guys aj brown Devonte smith really hard so i definitely want to get into all of the things we saw in that hour-long practice look i think with the way other philly sports are going right now even an hour of eagles content felt like a breath of fresh air uh for a lot of fans so 215-592-9494 only show all week that's going to have two people that were both at practice. So call in, ask us what players you want to know. We'll talk about the running backs. I want to talk about Nicobe Dean. We'll talk about the safeties. But before we do get into that, I had a question I was thinking about last night. Uh, Kristen, my wife, is, is away for the weekend, so I had a lot of time to myself last night just to, you know, look up stats. That, oh, that, she told you she was coming back? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, I'm going to have a lot of time to, uh, to look at stats. But I was watching that Phillies game last night. And I'll be honest, man, every time I watch the Phillies this season, I cannot help but get worried about the Eagles. And the reason is because I came into this Philly season so sure that they was gonna, it was going to be one of those years, a special year. Coming off the playoffs, they signed Trey Turner. You know, they, I think last year the team learned to win, or at least I thought learned how to win. And they come out, and they're flat all year. They lose last night. Uh, to, you know, they're now tied for last place. But there's something about watching the way this team comes out flat that makes me think about how tough it's going to be for the Eagles to come out next year and have a good start to the year. So last night, as I was uh, in between figuring out what I was going to do for dinner and watching this game, I looked back, Rube, at every team in, Phillies, in, in Philly sports since 1980 that has gone to the championship. Not just won the championship, but gone there, just like the Phillies did, just like the Eagles did. And since 1980, by my count, there's been 11 seasons where a team came off the, the playing in the title game. You want to guess how many times the season after they went to the title game, they then won it? How many times a team got to the title game two years in a row, so you're saying? But, but won it the second year, I'm saying. So, like, the, the 09 Phillies wouldn't count because they lost. Yeah, probably none of them. One. It was the Sixers, I believe, according to my, my research. I think in, uh, let's see, I have here... And uh, 1981, they lost, and then in 1982, they went back, I believe, and won it, according to my pro basketball reference. But regardless, the point I'm making is this. When you look in Philly sports history, teams that come off playing in a championship, A, almost never get back, and B, almost always start out slow. If you look at some of these teams, you know, the Sixers, in oh, they go to the finals in 01. The next year, they start 0-5. Uh, the Eagles in 2017, they win the Super Bowl. In 2018, they're 2-3. and three. In 04, they lost the Super Bowl, obviously, but then they're 5-7 and seven and they missed the playoffs this year. We can go almost every championship run we've seen. And the next year, when we're so excited, when we're so ready for the team to come back, and that's how we feel about the Eagles right now, it almost has always led to disappointment. And I'm not here today to be a downer. I, what I want to ask you is... You me. I know, right? But I, what I want to ask you is, Rubis, someone that covered the 04 team, covered the 17 team, and it's been you know, one of the main staples of Philly sports for, for, you know, a long time. Why do you think it is so hard to come off a championship season? Yeah, I think there's a couple reasons for it. Like, you look at last year's Eagles team, everything went right as far as injuries. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to happen two years in a row. And I think one common thread with all these teams that, that did that in Philly was they were healthy. And it's hard to do that two years in a row. And I also think that the short offseason is a real factor. I like the 2005 Eagles. I mean, that was an asterisk because T.O. was T.O. blew the melting down up, yeah. and all that. Um, the 2008 AJ is going to do that. No, 2018 Eagles ended up winning a playoff game. They had a good year, although they did get off to a slow start. I think uh, their quarterback was hurt. He yep. missed the first couple games. Um, I missed game. the end of it too. 
you know, you know he always misses the end of it. Howie Roseman was on, I believe it was the Chris Long podcast, and he was talking about how in the 2017 season, he actually talked about which team was better last year's or 2017. And he was talking about how in 2017 they went through some adversity, and he said, you know, obviously what happened in the L.A. game, and he wouldn't say Carson's name. That was kind of interesting. Like, I feel like he's avoided saying Carson, really, since the owner's meeting. Yeah, he doesn't say his name. Yeah, he doesn't say his name. But anyway, continue. Anyway, but I think the biggest reason for me is, and it's just something Nick alluded to, I think, when we talked to him around the draft. I think mentally being back at square one is really hard to do. Yeah. It's like, especially if you lose in a Super Bowl or a, a Stanley Cup Finals or a World Series, I think the mental is like we have to go through all this again just to get back there and have another chance. I think that's really hard to do mentally. I think only the mentally toughest teams can do that, and I do think that's something this team has, and I think it starts with the quarterback. That's why I wouldn't be surprised if this team kind of bucks that trend mm-hmm. and, and does have a really good year just because, and look, you don't know what's going to happen with injuries, but – I just think when you have a quarterback that's this mentally tough and this talented, that you can you can overcome that. And I think one thing you'll see with all those teams the next year, they they were missing something. Either personnel changed, you know, the the, the manager maybe didn't set the right. But but I think this team has what it takes to to come back. But I'll tell you what, it's hard. It's hard to do because you're sitting there. You're like we're back at we're back at the base yeah. of the mountain here well and that's what always stands out to and we me. have to start over f- right from the start with otas and then training yep. camp and preseason joint practices and and try to get the number one seed again with this schedule i mean it's it's hard you know it makes you appreciate the, the great teams i mean you, you, we all hate the patriots but it makes you appreciate what brady was able to do all those years it's like the sixers getting back to the second round every year you just have to respect the consistency you know There is is something to be said. There is. There is. I mean, obviously, that's not. It's not ideal, but you know, it's like losing four straight NFC Championship games or or three straight. um, Getting back there, yeah. Or what the Bills did. I mean, there's something to be said for having that consistency. It's rare. So we've been down the Novacare a few times since the Super Bowl, and we've been out on the field, I believe, twice now. We got to see a bit of rookie minicamp and now practice this week, and it is. It is really kind of startling how when we're down there, you think about how recent it was. In some ways, we were out there for the last practice before the Super Bowl. And when we're in the Novacare, Nick Sirianni, the Novacare Auditorium, he has these big signs up there, and it's about how to hold on to the ball, like you know, protecting the ball if you're an offensive player, stripping the ball away if you're a defensive player. And on Jalen's jersey in that picture, there's the Super Bowl logo. But outside of that, you don't see anything really about the Super Bowl, right? If you remember in 2018 – there was that big Super Bowl logo in the locker room, and it became a thing. I think it was Malcolm Jenkins that maybe wasn't the biggest fan of that being up He there. took it down. He took it down, yeah. yeah. So I guess what I want to know from people today, in 215-592-9494, I need all the real ones, all the auto-downloaders, hopefully some first-time callers to call in. But what I want to know from people today is I sense such extreme optimism about this Eagles team and such a sense of it won't happen to them. I put a, a poll up last night on Twitter, and I said – do the Phillies' struggles, and really the Union struggles too, because the three teams that lost in the title game, both the Phillies and the Unions have, and Union have gotten off to slow starts. Union have recovered. We'll see if the Phillies are able to. But I put a poll up. And the I, who? <laughs> the Union. Come on. Who's the be, Union? Be down at the game tonight. Um, but I put a poll up, and I said, do the Phillies' strug- struggles make you worried about the I'm Eagles? I'm just kidding. And 85% of the people said they have no worry about the Eagles whatsoever heading into next year. And it's such a different thing than we normally see with this team. I feel like with the Eagles especially, because it's a team people care the most about, let's be honest, there is always a sense of, you know, nervous optimism in the way that, hey, we know they're good, but it could be this or it could be that. This team has gained such almost complete faith from the fan base. I think it's so interesting. I want to know from people, A, why you believe in the team so much, but B, if the season doesn't go well, if this is a team where, you know, if we're doing a show in October together and they're two and three or two and four or something, where they get off to a slow start, what are some things that maybe have you concerned? So 215-592-9494, and I'll, I'll go first. So, <laughs> you know, it's my favorite, my favorite uh, place to go. Uh, I think one thing that has me a little concerned, and I'm curious for your opinion on this, the offensive line. Mm-hmm. When the Eagles have had bad seasons – it's easy to point to the quarterback, and he certainly plays a part in it when they're bad. 
but it's the offensive line that has gone poorly for this team. We look back at 2020, and Carson was really bad, but they had a lot of injuries, and they didn't have any depth. And when I look at this offensive line, people didn't like him, but Andre Dillard's gone. Cam Jurgens is a potential new starter uh, at right guard, or a likely new starter at right guard. And then this week when we were out there, Tyler Steen was the backup right guard. He's a rookie that I don't. I played very limited uh, guard in college. He played mostly tackle. So one of my concerns with this team is the backbone of the team, both I think on the field and personality-wise, has been the offensive line for a long time. I'm a little concerned about the depth of the offensive line and that right guard spot after watching, not practice because they did 11 on 11s, but just seeing the bodies out there, seeing the depth chart. One concern I have is the offensive line depth. So the offensive line has one surefire Hall of Famer at center, uh, a possible Hall of Famer at right tackle, a 23-year-old pro bowler at left guard, uh, an ascending left tackle who's, I think, one of the better, when he's healthy, one of the better left tackles in the league. Yeah. And and a pretty high draft pick at right guard. Am I worried about that group? No. No, not worried. Okay. See, so I, and, uh, you know, they, I, could, I could frame that differently, though, right? They have well, a, you did. But, well, but a right tackle that has missed time, a center that has been able to stay healthy but is old, and then a left tackle, and I think Jordan Mailata has Hall of Fame like talent when he's at his best. But I also think, if we're honest, you know, he he was a little up and down last year. Oh, he had the shoulder injury. He had the shoulder injury. I, I, I don't worry one. about Mulata. I think you have four proven studs on that O line, and then you have a right guard who I think is going to be fine in 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 Jurgens. And when you talk about depth, I mean they they'll miss they'll miss guys, but you have Opeta as a backup interior guy. You still have Driscoll. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Steen, um, and you have the biggest thing with the O line is you have Stoutland. Yeah. And, you know, he could take anybody and give him two years and turn him into a Pro Bowl candidate. So that's that's one area I think I think I still think they have the best O-line in football. I don't worry about it at all. So that that would be my worry. 215-592-9494. Here's one reason, and I'll, I'll stray from the Jalen thing, but one reason I do believe this team will be able to survive a setback next year. I think this defensive line – is going to be almost better than they were last year. And they were really good last year, obviously. Nearly set the NFL sack record. Uh, were outstanding. Maybe you could argue, you know, they would go a week or two without pressure. Maybe their pressure wasn't super consistent. But obviously they, got, they did a great job getting the quarterback. You talked about Nolan Smith when we first started this. Looking at Nolan Smith, I think he could end up being one of the biggest steals in the draft. I think he will end up being a better backup uh, you know, a fourth defensive end than they had last year. Obviously, Reddick was unbelievable. Graham had double-digit sacks. Sweat did. They were all great. But that fourth defensive end spot really was a bit of a struggle for them. I think Nolan Smith is going to be a huge upgrade at that spot. Jalen Carter, we didn't get to see a lot of, but I think he will come in, and at least I think his floor is very high because of just what an athlete he is, how strong he is, how quick he is. But I think this defensive line is going to be potentially better than they were last year what do you think of that yeah it's certainly possible i mean they're going to miss hargrave but when you add when you had and i think jordan davis i expect to make a big jump in year two and i would think nolan smith would be the third edge rusher not the fourth you would think yeah ahead of graham yeah i would think he'd be ahead of graham i mean bg surprised us before i mean i don't think anyone expected him to have double digit sacks last year but uh they're loaded i mean they are loaded up front and you know what's funny? They had four guys with 11 sacks last year. Mm-hmm. In the previous 25 years, they had four different guys with, with 11 wow. sacks. Wow. That's that Rube stat, man. It's amazing. And um, they had, there was great consistency in their, in their pass rush. I think they had I think they finished the season with, like, it was an NFL record, like eight straight games with at least six sacks. It was really, it was really something. I mean, they really harassed quarterbacks. The, the surprising thing to me was that it didn't translate into – interceptions the second half of the year yeah those definitely went down and i think the secondary in general as much as we talk about the defensive line the secondary being so good last year certainly helped and that is another reason i think you could see great production is they brought both the cornerbacks back they still have maddox and we'll talk about the safety position but so i'm curious from your perspective rube what's one thing that you think i guess would have you worried about this team well, for me, it's kind of one and one. I guess they're connected, but just the changes in the in the back seven on defense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of new faces, a lot of unproven guys, a lot of question marks, uh, a lot of guys who haven't played. But we haven't seen the Kobe play. I'm bullish on him, but I mean, he's only played 30 snaps in yeah. his life. He looks small out there too. He looks small, Nick Morrow. I, I don't know, he's just a guy. 
you know, when Slay's 33 and Bradbury's going to be 30 on opening day, and there's not a lot of teams that have two 30-year-old corners. Yeah. Uh, and then Reed Blankenship played really, really well in four and a half games, but it was only four and a half games, and I don't know who the second safety's going to be. So there's a lot of questions in the back seven for me and a lot of new pieces that are going to have to come together. But I do think, like you alluded to, that having this kind of pass pressure is going to make things easier on the back end. Yeah, I think if you look at their linebacker depth chart, I believe only one of them has uh, played snaps on defense for the Eagles last year. It was Nakobe. I don't think Sean Bradley did. He didn't Chris, play any snaps. Christian Ellis might have in slot. He played 22. Something like that, yeah, but not. Like Zangaro here. I know how many snaps Christian Ellis played. Shout out, Dave. So, all right, that's what I'm uh, curious from you guys today. What's one reason you're confident the Eagles won't be the Phillies? And what's one reason that you think, you know what, maybe this Super Bowl hangover is going to be harder than people think? 215-592-9494. We are going to start it off where we do. I would say every Saturday, but he didn't call in last week or the week before. So most Saturdays, my guy, Tom from Abington. Tom, what up, buddy? Yo, fellas. How we doing today? What up, man? It's good to hear your voice. Glad to know you can actually call in today. I don't think you were here last Correct. Saturday, I was not here last year. Yeah, yeah I called week. in last Saturday, so I don't know what you're talking about. So we're alternating shifts here. I took off last week. <laughs> you took off the week hey, so in the beginning, you're talking about winning a chip after appearing in one, right? Yes. So didn't this six now? I appreciate your research on this, and admittedly, I I've been on hold. I didn't have time to research it. Didn't the Sixers win in '83? So yes, they did. Yeah, that yeah. So I got the years wrong, but the Sixers were the only team I believe that. Lost in the championship the year before and went back and won it the following. Year. Okay, lost the year before. Yeah, That's yeah, where yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hear that part. Yeah, okay, lost the year before. Yep. Gotcha. Okay, so real quick before I get into the Eagles on the Phillies, uh, obviously I blame the players the most for for what's transpired this year and and what a mess it's been. But this week I'm, I'm starting to question Rob Thompson. So I agree. Yeah, like I, I, like sitting Harper against the Mets, I didn't. I didn't understand that move. Uh, Tuesday night, you, you got this ghost fourth ball. There's 14 batters sent down straight, and then you get JT on the on the base pads, and you you try to steal, and you get caught. And that I didn't understand that either. And then you have um, you, you have this Ellis guy pinch hitting from instead of Marsh in the ninth inning. Like just so well, many things so, this what's week. What's so interesting about the Phillies, if you want to, you know, keep the Eagles connection going, is and Rube, I'm, I'm sure you would back this up like last year the eagles made so few boneheaded mistakes there were certainly plays that didn't go well they didn't win every game but very very rarely did we look at a play and go what in the world was that player doing Mm. i feel like we do that once every three days with this phillies team yeah Yeah. i I think when for me you know this team doesn't have any life that's that's the biggest thing like uh, and when you look at that you look at the manager and i I guess it's been exactly 162 games now for him. So he's, oh, had, yeah. he's had the equivalent of a year. Was he 90 and 72? I think. Yeah. It was. It was today. I think. Um, it was today. Well, he was a 16, year ago today. 16 games over 500 last year, I believe, and now they're what eight under now. So. Yeah, and he was also. I mean, they started out hot his first month, and they had a good run in the postseason. But like, what? What can? I mean, he's not going to be here. He's yeah. not the long-term answer. Uh, usually you'd want to give a guy more of a chance than 162 games, but this team needs something. I mean, they're, I they're lifeless out there. Tom, mm. what's one reason you think that the Eagles won't be the Phillies next year? Well, uh, there's actually two reasons. Uh, first right. off, uh, my biggest concern on this team is the punter. Um, and I know that sounds silly, but sign. after what happened in the Super Bowl, uh, that's my biggest concern. So if that's my biggest concern, that goes a long way. But even more so, I – I agree with Rube. I mean, it's Jalen Hurts. He's the greatest equalizer. Like, he, I, I doubted this guy probably more than anybody in the beginning of his career, and I will not make that mistake again. Yeah. I, I think he's the great equalizer, and he carries this team through. Um, and then I'll uh, I'll exit by saying thank you, Russell Wilson. I'm your number one fan. Have a great weekend, fellas. <laughs> Tom, good to hear from you. Um, that is one, you know, we talk so much about how, how he has gotten into drafting SEC players, Georgia players, Alabama players. Even their priority free agents, it seems like he's prioritized, you know, big time schools. And there's obvious benefits to that in the fact that that's where the most talented guys go in college. But also, Jalen, you know, Jalen Hurts, Devontae, Landon, uh, all the guys on Georgia, they're used to going into a season of saying, you know, we're probably going to have to win 13 out of 14 games. Like the, the expectation of being great is something they are very used to. 
And I do think the more of those guys you get in that locker room, like the idea to Jalen of losing in a title and then having to go right back the next year, that was every single year, basically, of his college career. Oh, there's no question. And it, t- it took Howie a while to get to that point where he really understood what to look for in players and how important a winning culture, coming from a winning yeah. culture, is. And it's kind of comical to take five guys from the same school, but when you look at, at the school that they're coming from, it makes sense, and, and Alabama too. I mean, these, t- these, these kids are born and bred to win when they're in the SEC, at the top of the SEC. So there's, there's tremendous value in that, and I think we're seeing that. Well, maybe the Phillies should start drafting from, uh, from Georgia. That could be the way they, uh, they turn it around. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break here. On the other side, there's a, a battle on offense we haven't talked about yet, but you could argue outside of guard it might be the most important battle. I want to ask Rube about what he saw on Thursday and talk about if Quez Watkins is going to have the same role that he did on the team last year. I need everyone to call in, all the real ones, all the auto-downloaders. Tell me why the Eagles won't be the Phillies. 215-592-9494. This is Go Birds Radio from Parks Casino. And speaking of Parks Casino, the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, you already know, it's the only app I continue to recommend. It's a big weekend for the Bet Parks app and the PGA Tour. The Bet Parks Sportsbook app is proud to be partners with the PGA and is the official betting partner of the Memorial Tournament presented by Workday this weekend in Ohio. Right now, new users make a $10 sports bet and get $125 in sportsbook bonus back if your first bet is a winner. Bet golf, baseball, pro basketball, playoff soccer, MMA, and more. Join me and download the Bet Park Sportsbook app right now. You get live in-game betting, same-game parlays, and more. You can bet more than the score. You bet player performances for points, assists, and rebounds in hoops. You can bet hits, home runs, and strikeouts in baseball. Bet hole-by-hole, match winners, player scores, and more in golf. BetParks.com has the terms and conditions. New users and winning bets only. Sports bonus must be wagered once. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. That's right, it is Go Birds Radio here at the always beautiful, always fun, always a good time Parks Casino here in Ben Salem. Here with Ruben Frank. Uh, both had a chance to watch the Eagles practice this week. Rube, uh, I'm sure you've already seen it, but are you ready to hear what Jalen Hurts was in my quarterback tracking from, uh, from practice? Did you have him 7 for 11? 7 for 11. See, I'm, I'm paying attention. Appreciate it. So, I, mean, I know I blocked you on Twitter, but I still have. <laughs> Somehow they leaked through, yeah. Well, as the stack god, it is, uh, it is good to know you're paying attention to what one day I hope to be on pro football reference, the training camp stats. What do you think? <laughs> Any shot? Uh, no. No? All right, fair enough. But, uh, and this is not training camp, by the way. This is not. So these don't go in my official spreadsheet. This is oh, more good. just uh, for fun, you know, to get ready. But this is OTAs for us, too, you know. So Jalen Hurts, 7 of 11, no touchdowns, no interceptions. I thought he had a really nice throw to Quez Watkins to start the practice. That was, was the first rep. Yep, it was about 25, 20 yards down the field. Uh, you know, it, it says how far he's come that we can – start a radio show after an Eagles practice and Jalen's not even a topic well he is now well now he is but I'm leading into quest but yeah and and I think well and I think that's going to be a theme throughout the summer and the offseason is trying to get Quez's confidence back yeah because he's a really talented guy it's easy to say cut Quez you know you have Zacchaeus he can be the three but Quez has traits that not a lot of guys have with that that speed and that ability to track a deep ball and we saw it two years ago and he was really really good and 
I, I, I'm just not ready to give up on him because I, there's not a lot of guys who can do what he does. I could not agree with you more on this. Uh, this week at practice, uh, no Devontae Smith there the day we were there. He has been there this offseason, seen videos and pictures of him at practice. But the day we were there, he wasn't there. And Quez took reps as the number two receiver. I, under, I do honestly understand the frustration that fans have with Quez sure. in, the, in the way that you know, he had a big touchdown against the Vikings. There have been big plays he's made. But it feels like all the memorable moments from him last year are, are mistakes. You know, the drop in the Super Bowl, which was huge. The play against Washington where he makes a long catch, gets up, and fumbles the ball. And then in that Dallas game where Granite Gardner Minshew did not play well, he got pushed off his spot at the top of the route. He didn't play bad. Minshew did not play bad in that game. But anyway, um, the, yeah. the Eagles lost four games last year. And, and three of them, Quez had, yeah, had a major a, had role. A, had a role in it. Now, like, really major role. But, but that being said, I think sometimes the Eagles' top two receivers in Goddard are so good, people maybe forget not every team is going to have you know DeAndre Hopkins as their number three receiver. I think when you look at what the Eagles want from their number three receiver, and and you know Nick has talked about this, like speed is so important to stretch the field. And what Quez does, I'm not going to say he deserves a ton of credit for the offensive success. But there's no question that when he's going down the field and he has somewhat of a track record of making big plays down the field, that does pull defenders. And the Eagles do a lot of their work over the middle, slants to A.J., Goddard over the middle. So going into this year, despite our optimism on him, Quez is battling for uh, snaps. I don't know about a roster spot. I don't think they'd cut him. They might trade him. But I'm curious, going into the year, where do you view that as? Do you think the Eagles – are as high on Quez as maybe me and you are, and he's going to be given every opportunity? Or is this something where he's going to have to have a really good camp to hold on to his job? Yeah, I, I think I think they'll either trade him or keep him. I don't think they're going to cut him. I agree with that. I think yeah. he does have some trade value, and a lot of it has to do with whether any of that second group of receivers, you know, whether it's – Gosh, I don't know. You, you know, one of the one of the undrafted guys. I mean, it could be like the the, um, the kid they just signed uh, with the weird name. Alamades. No, oh. um, the the kid who played with Jalen. Uh, oh, uh, I, his last name is. It's not Mob. It's something like, it's like uh, Cannonball uh, Ringo. Rambo. 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 Yeah, that's it. Cannonball Ringo. Yeah, yeah. But if one of those guys can show something, or, or I don't know, Covey, probably not. Well, Covey De- had a few nice catches on Thursday. He did. Devin Allen, who's who's in Italy right now, hurtling. Uh, he, I don't love that, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that at yeah. some point. But, uh, I, I, you know, I don't think there's really that guy. I mean, yeah. I think Zacchaeus is pretty good um, and could be a three. But just Quez, I, I think they're going to give Quez – because two years ago he, he did exactly what he was asked to do made this a more dangerous offense, and as a three, I mean, if he can just catch those balls, I know he he was pretty accountable after the season. He stood Very in his locker yeah. after the Super Bowl and put it on himself, said he wants to get better. He's going to try to get better and do all he can. Uh, I think they're going to really make him a priority. I think they want him to succeed. I think they want him to be a playmaker out there, and I think he's going to have every opportunity to do that. But if we start seeing the same issues that we saw during the season, not being strong to the ball, fumbling, bad judgment, that kind of thing, then he won't be here. Yeah, I think it's one of the more important training camp battles, especially for a team that really does want to win by throwing the ball. So let's go back to the phones. We're talking about what is it about the Eagles that has you so confident they won't be the Phillies next year. Let's go to a, a GoBirds legend, a great caller, Drew in Westchester. Drew, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Elliot? Good to have you in the uh, big chair. And, uh, Rube, you don't know me, but I've always been a big fan of your work. Uh, typically at games at the pregame show, like 80 minutes before kickoff, when you guys go to commercial, I'll walk by in either a BG or a Devontae jersey, and I'll be like, Rube, you the man. Ten observations, you the man. So you're going to have to be more specific. Rube gets that all pregame. So. No, I appreciate that. Makes- that. <laughs> That I makes sense, but no, I've always been a I've always been a fan of your work. Um, so I got a um, so I got a separate question I'd love to ask you guys um, at the end. But in terms of um, optimism and concern, um, I think when you look at the Phillies last year, you know, eighty-seven wins. I think they're essentially it's essentially the equivalent of a team going like nine and eight in the NFL and yeah. getting hot and going on a run. This Eagles team was dominant from start to finish. So i big fan of the roster. I think they got a great culture. I'm conf- I don't expect them to necessarily win 14 again, but I'm confident they can, you know, repeat their success. 
Now, here is a concern, though, I want to ask you guys um, about. So the safety uh, position, mm-hmm. you know, I like Reed. I like the Edmund signing, but I think they're going to be good, you know, when they're playing, like, close to the box against the run. Are you guys confident that that trio, you know, Reed, Edmonds, and Sidney Brown, you know, if a team spreads you out and you're in a dime package, are you confident they can cover? Yeah. I know um, – I know, you know, interceptions are not the be-all to end-all, but, you know, Edmonds only has, like, five throughout a five-year career. So can those guys break up passes and take the ball away when needed? I have a separate question, too, but that's one of my big concerns, if you guys can weigh in there. Unfortunately, Drew, we're a little up against it, so maybe next week call in and get that other question. But you did not disappoint. That was a great great question about the safety. Thank you so much for calling in. so, Rube, the, the safety position, I think it's a great point that Drew makes because we focus so much on the linebacker that the safety gets talked about, but not maybe as much. Curious what you saw on Thursday and what you think about what he was saying where maybe a lot of their safeties are viewed as in the box and not so much deep, you know, too high athletic safeties. No, I think it's a, it's a fair point. I, I do think that, you know, we haven't really seen a whole lot of Sydney. I think he can yeah. be that kind of guy, although he's, you know, his reputation is as a physical box guy. I think Reed Blankenship, you know, even though that's been his reputation, big hitter, come up and support the run, we saw last year he can cover. Yeah. He just doesn't have elite speed, but he's so smart that he's in the right place. Uh, but it is a concern because none of these guys have, you know, a super proven track record of being really good cover safeties. That's just the, that's the reality. Uh, that's a question. I mean, it's a big question mark, well, and there's not a lot of depth there either. So, And, and I think, yeah. to your point about the depth, so Kayvon Wallace is still here. He was getting second-team reps. I liked Kayvon a lot coming out of Clemson. He also, to me, is an in-the-box safety. But at this point, he been... did not play bad last year, by the way, Okay, so when, yeah. when he played, which was not a lot. But when he played, um, I was shocked how well he played. Okay, yeah. So I, I liked him a lot coming out of Clemson. I don't want to give up hope on him. At this point, though. He was a four. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point he's not somebody you want to count on playing 80% of the snaps. But with the safety position, I think what makes it a little worrisome, too, is that when you combine it with, you know, we agree that outside corners are really good. The nickel corner, whether it's Avante, Zach McPherson was taking some nickel snaps this week, which is a little interesting. But you feel good about the three corners. I feel really good about the defensive line. But if you had to pick which of the two unit, which of the two parts of it you feel worse about, it would probably be the interior, right? I mean, as opposed to the edge. So when you combine with the safeties, with the linebacker, with the defensive tackle, it is the middle of the defense that is worrisome. And I think that adds to the safety concern in the way that they're not playing behind proven linebackers and they're not playing uh, behind a defensive tackle unit that while I feel really good about, is somewhat unproven considering they don't have Sue, Hargrave, and Joseph. Well, you do have Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams and Jalen yeah. Carter and Jordan Davis. For sure. They, they have guys. I'm just saying so the middle I, of I the defense. I, I mean, me personally, I wouldn't put that position in with the – Fair enough. In, Fair in enough. the up-the-middle uh, theory. But, yeah, the linebackers certainly and, and safety, uh, these are question marks. These are the big question marks on the team and on the defense. And uh, until we see these guys do it, they're going to be question marks. And I think it's, it's fair to – when you look at this defense and how much change there's going to be, do you know that Darius Slay? I'm sorry, Slay is going to be the only opening day starter that was a starter two years ago on the entire defense. On the entire defense, unless Avante. I guess if you don't include Avante. No, well, he wasn't a starter two years ago. Two years ago. Oh yeah, uh, on opening right, day. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, and he, I don't. I mean, he could be. You know, if they if they come out in three, if he's yeah. healthy. Uh, but you know, as far as the main eleven guys. Uh, assuming Fletch and BG are backups this year, which they, they should be. Um, so there's, there's a lot of change, a lot of turnover. And um, safety and, and linebacker, I mean, who are their linebackers? Well, it's N'Kobe and, and I mean, else? Morrow, who now, to Morrow's credit, he has played a lot of snaps in the NFL, which in this unit is a big deal. Doesn't mean he was good in those snaps. I think he's been up and down throughout his career, but he has played quite a bit. So, yeah, it really is N'Kobe. And even with him, he's a complete unknown. But to Drew's point, too, about the athleticism among the safeties, I do think that Sidney Brown is impressive as an athlete. I think he's definitely the best athlete that they have in terms of being able to move around in that unit. I think he has the best speed. Uh, he looks like he could lay – and he looks, like, strong. When you, when you, I think Reed and, and Evans are probably a little on the narrow – not narrow is not the right Did word. Did you see Reed – I didn't, I, I didn't think he looked as strong as everybody was making it out to be. I guess am I, am I wrong about that? Is my 
muscle meter or whatever. I guess I don't know if we want to go down. Did you see road, Ed Kratz's eyes pop out. I well, Ed Kratz was very impressed, but uh, <laughs> no. But I, I think Sydney, when they first drafted him, he was probably the draft pick I liked the least. But since then, learning more about him, learning how I think they want to use him, I do think that he is going to have a role on this defense. Uh, in week one, whether that's as a starter, whether that's as coming in and maybe, you know, sub packages. I was impressed by what I saw uh, just physically um, on, on Thursday when we got a chance to watch him practice. So, I think he's going to be a starter, personally. Yeah? I think Reed and Sydney are going to be the starters. Do you think he overtakes Edmonds? I do. I think Edmonds is, you know, remember Jaquaski Tart last year when, they, when yeah. they signed him? I think he's better than Jaquaski Tart. But I think Edmonds is, in a way, someone that they're like, we'll pay you a little more, well, not a ton of money. And he at least has played a lot on a solid defensive franchise in Pittsburgh where he's a good safety net. But I agree with you. I think they would prefer if Sydney starts week one. And I, they really like Reed. I don't, this isn't just like Reed played last year and they were all of a sudden, oh, this is a, good, this is a good player. They were high on him all last year, even in training camp. So I could definitely see um, Sydney and, and Reed Blankenship starting for them uh, week one. You know, uh, it's amazing. And, you know, he ended up starting four games for CJ, but – that Green Bay game, Reed Blankenship had played two snaps in his life. Wow. Played two snaps on defense in his entire career. He was an undrafted rookie. C.J. gets hurt with the lacerated kidney. I think it was late in the first, late in the first quarter against the Packers. Reed comes in for the first playing time of his career, picks off Aaron Rodgers yep. on his seventh career snap. Yeah, and jumped a pass, too. It wasn't ends like it was up just with thrown like, right to him. Yeah, ends up with, like, six tackles. And you start thinking, like, as an undrafted rookie, you don't get a lot of chances. You might not get any. Mm-hmm. But if you're not ready when you get that chance, you're never going to get another one. Yeah. And he was ready, and that tells you a lot about He's him. He's made the most of it for sure. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, on the other side, sorry, Drew, we did have more time than, than I thought. Sorry about that. But on the other side, I want to talk to you about a player that has not been talked about a lot this offseason, but I do believe has a decent chance to make this team despite really good depth being at the position. So we'll take a, a quick break. Everyone call in. we got a lot of good callers on the line already. 215-592-9494. This is Go Birds Radio from Parks Casino. Hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right, it is Go Birds Radio from the beautiful Parks Casino. See, I cut right in there so we wouldn't be up against it already. You know, I give, give, give ourselves some time this segment, really flesh out. Elliot, I'm sorry, maybe. we're up against it. You already, gotta... yeah, Elliot's got to go, yeah. But, uh, no, Go Birds Radio, Elliot Shore Parks, Ruben Frank, having a great time here talking about Eagles practice, getting a chance to watch them practice, but also tying in what is a disappointing team right now, the Philadelphia Phillies, and I'm just a little surprised at the supreme confidence everybody has that this team is not going to potentially get out to a slow start. And I do think the last caller made a really good point. You know, this – you look at the Phillies. I mean, they had a really good six weeks yeah. last year. Yep. And, and they won – what did they win? 80-some-odd 80, 80 games, 87 games. The Eagles were – I mean, with Jalen, they were 14-1, and one, and they were yep. just killing people. And then they – you know, they rolled through the first two rounds of the playoffs. I mean, they were a dominant team. I thought they were the best team in the NFL going into the Super Bowl, and I'm still not convinced – not to sound like sour grapes, but – on a real football field, I'm not convinced they don't win that game. Uh, but, look, they lost the game. Uh, the Chiefs had to play on the same field, although the pass rush is the area that it hurt the Eagles the most and the Chiefs aren't as reliant on the pass rush. But be that as it may, yeah. and the Chiefs they were a, a good dominant team. Line, for what it's worth. But yeah, that's they were. No, great. for sure. I mean, look, the, the Eagles are a better run team than the Phillies are. No. Like, point blank period. I mean, the Phillies have made the playoffs last year. I think that was at the first time in 10 years or whatever. I mean, the Eagles are in the playoffs – every single year but that being said the 2017 eagles were also maybe not as good as 2022 in terms of regular season dominance but a very good team and they got off to a slow start oh four eagles the you know probably the second best eagles team of my lifetime got off to a slow start and i know they had the to thing but another team that was very dominant the year before 
and got off to a slow start. So, uh, you know, we have some time. We're well, they were three. They were, they were four and two. They were three and one oh, and four and two oh, and five. Oh, five. Yeah. And then the roof up, caved in. When, sorry, they ended up missing the playoffs. Though, yeah, but I they did say. get off to a good start. Yeah, that's fair. I just mean that the season itself ended up being a disappointment, yeah. whereas people are so confident yeah, I mean, Donovan they're going to get hurt. back to the play, they're going to get back to the Super Bowl. That that year was a train wreck. Yes, yes. In well, a lot of ways. I'll tell you who's not a train wreck. It can be a roller coaster, but not a train wreck. Our guy, Black Gritty, we're going to p- bring him on now. Black Gritty, what's going on, man? How you doing? Flip flop. What up? How y'all doing? What up, man? Um, it's good. So, you know, the biggest confidence everybody has is that we can run the ball. And we yeah. also live in a trash panda conference where all the quarterbacks left us. And so, See, but here's my thing with that, that real quick, though. I, is, like, should the confidence in the Eagles have to do with the fact we think other teams are bad? You know, well, the reality is there's there's not a lot of good quarterbacks there's in the not. NFC. Yeah, yeah. There, there might be so one. It's, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's part of the whole microcosm of the situation. Um, you have less things to be in your way to get to where you need to be. Now, we have one of the hardest schedules, right? We have a first-place schedule now. Yeah. So last year's 14 wins isn't going to be the same. Imagine if we won 14 games. It's not going to be by blowouts. It's not going to be walking people down and resting your quarterback with a, with a quarter yeah. left. You know what I mean? You're going to have to earn those wins. But the conference and the division, if the Cowboys had a different coach, I'd be scared to death. Because, you know, on paper, they, their team always looks good. But their coach falters in the playoffs. And so the way everything lines up for us, we have things that keep us confident. My biggest thing, when I was talking to you before, when I said you were crying about the schedule and I didn't care about the schedule, yeah, I forgot that so many rookies could hit that rookie wall in that later part of the schedule. You know what I mean? Yeah. After eight or nine games, after the bye week, there's so many rookies on defense that that's a real thing where they can have a couple of bad games where they're just like gassed and tired and, you know, stress of the season weighs down on them. So we'll see what happens. But right now, like, my goodness, we're set up in the right position with the right guy quarterback too. And But that's why I think it's so important to get off to a hot start because to what you just said, that stretch of the schedule, I mean, if they're not – two or three games over 500, if not four or five by the time they get there, that's, that could be a knockout blow. Like, if they do get out to a two or three starter or, you know, three and three or whatever, and then they go into that stretch of Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, at Dallas, at Seattle, like, they have to be churning on all cylinders. And I know by there, who knows, right? Maybe Josh Allen's injured or whatever. But ultimately, to your point, Black Gritty, that the, the rookies at that point, like, who knows how they'll be playing. So, that is one concern for me as well is 14 wins this year is going to be so much tougher than it was last yeah. year. Yeah, You know why I don't and, uh, worry about the rookie wall and that stuff? Because the rookies who are going to be playing are going to be rotating. That's fair. And especially up front. Mm-hmm. You know, Jalen Carter is not going to be playing more than, I mean, you know, 55% of the snaps, 60% of the snaps, like, like most. Nolan That's Smith. Call. Nolan Smith, the same thing. Uh, Keely Ringo won't be playing. Sydney, if he's playing the state, I mean, you don't worry about a safety playing too many. So I don't worry about that stuff. And I think one thing this team is really, really good at is, I mean, gosh, they, they track your hydration. They track how many steps you've run. And if you run too many I steps mean, and you're dehydrated, you're off the field. So they, yeah. they take really good care of these guys. They're really at the leading edge of all that stuff when it comes to keeping guys fresh. I think that's one of the reasons they, they were so good throughout the year last year. Yeah. If they're not tracking their flip-flops, there's the three oh, quick you know things that. before I go. You know that. Uh, one, I'm out on Quez. He's got to earn his way back into my heart. I'm just, I'm done. I'm good. Sure. Uh, secondly, uh, if we start off and we don't have a good start off, it's going to be Trey Turner level of frustration and anger in this city, yeah. and we will burn it to the ground. And third, last and final, go <laughs> My man. My man, my man. I'm going to drop him. I'm going to give him a warning. Just drop him. But, uh, I'll be honest. No, I mean, look, Trey, Trey Turner, Trey Turner is experiencing, if he thinks it's bad for him, can you imagine what this city will be like if they drop to 0-2 in the first five games of the season? And I think those first two games are tough. I don't know if we've talked about this How can this you be 0-2 in the first five games? Well, because they play Sunday and Thursday. Five, five days, oh, five I said. Days. Five days. Yeah. Five games. No, no, five days, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it happens. Well, hopefully the 0-2 doesn't happen. If they go 0-2 and then they have 11 days between that loss and when they go to Tampa – this city is going to be on fire like we have not seen. You know, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think You don't that's think if happen. they go 0-2, people aren't going to freak out? No, they might. I mean, I, because I think this franchise has, look, you, you have trust in Howie, you have trust in Nick, you have trust All in right. Jalen. And I think coming off a Super Bowl, I think people are going to understand that this is not a – 0-2 is not going to turn into 6-11. and 11. So, I mean, they're going to be good. I wouldn't expect them to be 0-2. What year was it they started out 0-2? Was it 2002? Wasn't it and, the year and, the link opened? 
and reached the NFC Championship yeah. game. I think it was was it O three. Um, so I'll, I'll say this. It was O three, and I, then they won what eleven of their next twelve. I never want James to be out, but if they go zero and two, and James wants to James wants to take off the Go Birds that weekend, and you can come in and see what the reaction is sure. like, yeah. I'll be very curious because. Look, I agree with you, people. This team has earned, and Jeffrey Lurie has earned, a lot of trust. They win every year. They're a well-run franchise, all those things. The expectations for this team are through the roof. And I actually think the Phillies struggling, excuse me, the Sixers struggling, I think people have rationalized a little bit of that and not been as upset about it because they know the Eagles are coming and that the Eagles are going to be really good. I think if the Eagles start off 0-2, all the, the, the anger from the Phillies, the Sixers, the Union – They'll all, they'll all kind of. I, I don't think it'll, the you, union. Would you stop with the union? Yeah, they were, they were in a title. You? They, they were in a title team. Well, I'm paying them, actually. I'm a season ticket holder. Here's right the here. thing. If you go up to <laughs> the openers in New England and the, and the next week is, is the Vikings. Minnesota at home, yeah. Um, you know, then you have at Tampa, Washington, Rams, who are terrible, Jets, Dol- uh, Dolphins. So even if they're 0-2, they're going to be 4-2. Probably, yeah. I agree. Probably 5-3. and three, Yeah. And then you get. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. Just don't you don't panic. I think I th- I, think I just love Eagles the guy fans, that's covered more Eagles games than anybody. Maybe the history of this franchise doesn't think fans are going to panic at zero and two. Pan- I don't think they'll panic. Uh, all right, zero well, and well, three. Yes, zero and two. You still like all right. Hope, hopefully, we don't find out. Yeah, but this is but yes. This is look. This is this, is what, this, this is what happens when the Phillies are what they are and the Sixers are out. The Eagles are starting to get back in the spotlight. So on the other side, we are going to get into that position on offense because I'm re- really curious what you think about. Uh, the running back position, who's going to get the most snaps, who's yeah. going to make the team. I think it's a much more competitive spot than maybe we're giving it credit for. So we'll get to that on the other side. We'll get to all your calls. Got a lot of great ones. Tom from Vancouver, Matt from Glenside. So a lot of people we are going to get to. 215-592-9494. This is Go Birds Radio at the beautiful Parks Casino. And when I'm at the Parks Casino, but even when I'm not, I have to tell you guys about it because the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app It's the only app I continue to recommend, and it's a big weekend for the Bet Park app and the PGA Tour. The Bet Park Sportsbook app is proud to partner with the PGA and is official betting partner of the Memorial Tournament presented by Workday this weekend in Ohio. Right now, new users make a $10 sports bet and get $125 in sportsbook bonus back if your first bet is a winner. You can bet golf, baseball, pro basketball, playoffs, soccer, MMA, and more. Join me and download the Bet Park Sportsbook app right now. Live in-game betting, same-game parlays, and much more. You can bet more than the score. You can bet player performances for points, assists, rebounds, and hoops. You can bet hits, home runs, and strikeouts in baseball. You can bet hole-by-hole, match winners, player scores, and more in golf. BetParks.com has terms and conditions, new users, and winning bets only. Sportsbook bonus must be wagered once. See website for all the details.